Sergeant, make it spin. Spin? S sir, it doesn't spin. What? It has to spin. It's round. But spinning is so much cooler than not spinning. I'm the general. I want it to spin. Now. Yes, sir. Hey, look at that. Hello, I'm Zach. And I'm David. And this is The Other Side of the Gate, a Walking Through the Stargate podcast. We are a semi-regular show where we will talk about plot points of recent episodes or older episodes of Stargate SG-1 or or whatever we decide to make up at the time, whatever it is. Uh, some things that are coming up, things that we just want to talk about, uh, you know, whatever it is. Um, but all of these things are things that you should be paying attention to. And by semi-regular, we mean, sorry, it's been so long. We've had stuff to do. We didn't say it'd yeah. be every month. It would be as whenever we could. But yep. Zach and I have both watched this series multiple times. Can be trivia obsessive, and love to notice little details about. Ooh, 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 ooh look, it's that guy. He's going to be important in two years from now. I'm also a little bit of a research nerd, and I'm happy to fall down a, a rabbit hole chasing silly bits of trivia and other storylines. Indeed. So now. On Walking Through the Stargate, the original podcast, Brett and I review each episode in order. I believe right now we will be recording Evolution Part 2 yep. uh, tomorrow, in fact. Uh, but on that episode, because Brent hasn't seen these episodes before, I try to do things to keep things as spoiler-free as possible so that he can experience things uh, anew as they come about. However, as far as I'm aware... Brent's not here. I looked for him. He's not here because That's he lives true. half a continent away from me. Uh, so we're not going to worry about spoiling Brent. But if you are fair listeners are concerned about being spoiled, please stop listening. And by that, I mean, don't stop listening. But, you know, you've been warned that there's a lot of spoiler stuff in this. Indeed. Now, if you kept listening and you were upset that we spoiled something for you, you can let us know by emailing us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com, or of course you can go to Twitter and have a big rant there, but Brent won't know what you're talking about, and I don't, won't, I'm hardly ever there. So you can do that, but nobody will know. Uh, you can also go to Facebook or the Discords, um, and you know there is a spoiler section in the Discord, so that would be a great place to rant and rave about everything that we ruined in your Stargate world. Yeah, and go there and tell us what we got wrong, too, because, you know, we're human, and we make mistakes, and I've been corrected. It's like, oh, ah, you're right, you're right. But that's okay. Yep. I don't mind being corrected. Yeah, so this show is also, of course, produced uh, for our Patreon supporters. You Patreon supporters are the ones who are listening to this first, and thank you very much. I appreciate every one of you, and I thank you very much for being willing to shell out your hard-earned dollars uh, for a few schmucks here in <laughs> in this northern American continent uh, doing some goofy things online. We appreciate it. We thank you very much for that. Indeed. So one thing we'd like to know about is uh, if you've got ideas for the future. You know, we're always open to a suggestion. Before we started recording, Zach and I were discussing some ideas for future shows and how we've also heard from other people about ideas for future shows. So if you've got an idea, let us know via all the ways that Zach just mentioned. 
Absolutely. And these don't have to be, I mean, so we're at a point now where I think, uh, David, we just had this conversation that, that the other side of the gate might be moving beyond simply talking about spoilery things and just talking about Stargate and Stargate adjacent D type of things. Right. So, if you have any great ideas that fit into that world, let us know, please. Uh, we are interested in what you have to say. Right. We're at, what, uh, season 7 of 10 on SG-1, and then if you take Atlantis and Universe, there's seven more seasons. So we're about at the midpoint of the life cycle of Stargate in general. Yes. So. However, just a few days ago, in real life, in real time... We got a tweet from Mr. Joseph Malazzi uh, that, who suggests that maybe there is, in fact, a script of a new Stargate series called Stargate Redacted, <laughs> written by Brad Wright. Well, it's not called Stargate Redacted. They just redacted the title. We just well, make up okay, our own but I'm, names for it. I'm calling it Stargate Redacted until such time as it changes. I, I think that's a good name if you go off the theory that it's a continuing story of Stargate, and now they're open to the public, but they're not going to tell the public everything because they got to redact parts about the Stargate program. You uh, know, that makes perfect sense. It, it, I approve. I don't know about perfect sense, but it'll make sense. Okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, All right, so, so where are we now, Zach? Right now, right now on Walking Through the Stargate, as I mentioned, we are in the middle of uh, Season 7 of SG-1. Uh, and this means we are just half a season away for the first spinoff of SG-1, which is Stargate Atlantis. So, on this episode of The Other Side of the Gate, we are going to be talking about the build-up to Atlantis where the seeds were planted for the show about a multinational scientific and military force traveling to this ancient outpost of Atlantis in the Pegasus galaxy. Uh, now, I will say, we might do a little retconning of things that happened in the past to kind of make it fit to adjust certain plot points in a way that were introduced before Atlantis is even a thought in Brad Wright's mind. It's more going to be kind of big picture approach of this of this road to Atlantis. Uh, we'll be looking at some past storylines and some other things here and there, maybe some future stuff and things that are, you know, if you take a big step back and look at the storyline, we can see the path that was laid down before they didn't even necessarily know there was a path being laid down. Yeah. Now, before we get into all of that, we do want to talk a little bit about the background of the production history for the series Stargate Atlantis. Yes, you are the background trivia guy, so let us know, Zach, what so, you got. All right, here we go. So the pre-production for Atlantis was in December of 2003. That's when they said, hey, we're thinking about doing this. Uh, they got uh, the producers and the people in charge of things about that time. So this was roughly about a month or so before Evolution Part 2 aired, uh, in between Part 1 and Part 2, roughly. Um, so this is right at the halfway point. So where Brent and I are, this is exactly the spot when they say, So, this thing's coming out here. Uh, then, in March of 2004, uh, just before the episode inauguration, uh, they started announcing the cast uh, for Atlantis, which would have been 
Uh, I don't have it written down here, so I am not going to try to pull all of those names out of my head at this point in time. Sorry. Not sorry. Um, then we have The Lost City Parts 1 and 2, which is the end of Season 7. That aired on March 19 of 2004. Then in July of 2004, it's about uh, four months or so after the end of Season 7, we get the beginning of Season 8 of Stargate SG-1 with New Order Parts 1 and 2. And in this episode, we have Dr. Weir recast and uh, uh, from to Tori Higginson. And uh, she now is getting ready to lead the Atlantis expedition, which leads to one week later on July 16th, Stargate Atlantis airs, premieres with Rising, um, and so begins the journey. Now, I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, and maybe you don't have an answer. Um, but I was curious. I've never, had, never learned this. What was it that uh, made them decide to recast Dr. Weir? Oh, I'd have to go back. Did you ever hear that story? Um, I'd have to go back and look it up. I think it was uh, not available to commit the time for the original okay. actress. You know, when the, it first aired, all I thought is, huh, she dyed her hair from blonde to brunette. I didn't even realize it was a different <laughs> actress. She looks similar enough. And it wasn't yeah, yeah. until I looked at it later, I was like, oh, that's not even the same person once I watched it again and then watched them real close to each other it's like oh yeah it's a different person because originally there was a couple months between um new order or i'm sorry not new order but lost city and new order you know it we're talking right. march to july enough that you forget what the face looked like and you only recognize the hair but i right. think it was a not available but to be honest i'd have to go back and look it up yeah. Uh, what I Who do knows? think is really interesting, and this just occurred to me, is this production announcement is right about the time where you are now in Walking Through the Stargate. Yeah. Even yeah. though they'd obviously Which... been laying the foundation, sort of, kind of, but it was kind of like, no, let's go to series instead of a movie. Yeah, well, they, they'd certainly been kicking around all sorts of different ways of doing this. And, of course, if they're announcing in December that they're going to start going to pre-production and all of that stuff. Um, I mean, honestly, announcing a pre-production in December 2003 and announcing your cast in 2004, three months later, that's very fast. Yeah, it is. Um, which means that they were working on stuff well before this. Oh, yeah, obviously. But they, they... hadn't announced it to... So, you know, yeah, you the don't whole season seven you're ready. is... Right, exactly. The whole season seven is really building up to, uh, and maybe even uh, the end of season six when uh, they go and deal with uh, uh, Anubis and Daniel comes back at uh, Abydos. Right. Is all kind of uh, a leaning into um, this plan for the new series. Of course, the original idea was that seven would be the end of the series and leading to the movie that might be Atlantis, but obviously they changed that idea. That's true. But yep. I would say before we get into this whole road to Atlantis in the episodes, what I'd like to do is take a bit to talk about what is Atlantis? Who are the ancients, the Alterans, and all these other really big people? This is, again, one of those you don't really get the full story until you've watched up all of SG-1, all of Atlantis, and even bits of universe. So this is all told with the, with the uh, benefits of hindsight. And a lot of this is according right. to... 
SG-1, uh, Stargate Atlantis, Universe, some books, a canceled, uh, massively multi, uh, massively multi, you know, online role-playing game. Stargate. Massively multiplayer online role-playing game. Yes. Or an I was, MMORPG. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Mr. I play a lot of those far more than I do. Thank you. Uh, but uh, also... Actually, I, I play very, very few MMORPGs. I just play, like, the real, regular, ordinary, like, pen and paper Well, you've RPGs. probably played one more than I have, if you've played one. Uh, but I... Oh, well, I've played a lot more than one. <laughs> I also mine some fan sites like GateWorld, and to be honest, some of it we just kind of made our own conjectures on. So, let's start with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Sorry, Lucasfilm and Disney. The Alterans. The first evolution of what we might call humans in the four galaxies. The Alteran Galaxy, the Milky Way, the Ida Galaxy, where the Asgard came from, and the Pegasus Galaxy. They all live together as one society on an evolutionary path to ascension in the Alteran home galaxy. But there was a split. A split occurred amongst the Alterans, dividing them into two factions. The Ancients, although they still call themselves Alterans, and the Ori. The Ancients were more secular and science-oriented, and the Ori became more religious. But eventually, the Ori became so extreme in their beliefs that they tried to wipe out the Alterans and the Ancients and were nearly successful. The Ancients' numbers grew too small and they were forced to hide their ways and eventually flee the Alteran galaxy. So to avoid genocides, the Alterans built up a ship and left their galaxy while the Ori remained. And the Ori remained in Altera, in the right. Alteran galaxy at that right. point in time. They remained in the Alteran galaxy. Now, we won't okay. hear about the Ori until we get to Season 9, but it's, you know, again, kind of the background information on there. Yep. So after many thousands of years of space travel, I don't know, maybe they didn't have hyperspace at the time, the ancients eventually made it to the Milky Way galaxy and first colonized the planets Dakara and Terra. Now, can we make a connection between Terra and Alterans? Eh, I don't know. Um, it, it, you know, it works for me. It I'll, does I'll, for me. I'll, I'll allow it. So we know Terra is Earth. They also built many Astria Porta, the Stargates, developed the zero-point modules, and established colonies on many of the other planets in the Milky Way. The two first and prime colonies, though, were Dakara and Terra. Uh, the earliest... Outposts were thought to have been established between 175 million and 50 million years ago, about when they also built the Destiny and other seed ships to travel through the universe. Their knowledge spread throughout the galaxy, evident by the structures they left behind and their repositories of knowledge. And we've okay. seen at least one repository so far, and there's a couple more coming up. At yep. some point during this time... Later this season, I Yeah, believe. absolutely. At some point during this time, they also formed an alliance with the Asgard, the Nox, and the Furlings to become the superpowers within the Milky Way galaxy. Mm. Uh, this alliance, though, was not against the Goa'uld, as they had not evolved yet. Now, if you get into that okay. uh, abandoned MMORPG, uh, Stargate Worlds to be specific, there was an idea that each one of the four races was going to create a protector race for the galaxy when they were no longer there. The Alterans created the humans. 
The Furlings supposedly, according to this game, created the Goa'uld. The Asgard hmm. created a uh, race I cannot remember, but it didn't end well, and the Nox noped out and said, no, we're not going to do that. And, <laughs> and according to the game, the reason we don't hear from the Furlings anymore is because the Goa'uld turned on them and enslaved them. So, um, here is a good place to uh, cut in here. So I got the brand new uh, Stargate role-playing game cool. uh, that came out just a few months ago, really. And um, one of the player races, let's see if I can find it real quick. You can hear me flipping through the pages. Um, you can play Jaffa, Tok'ra, Unas. Um, where are they? Not the humans. Oh, the Aturans. Uh, in the A-T-U-R-E-N. So it's a little bit different. Uh-huh. But these are an offshoot of the Nox. So huh. these aren't specifically Nox, um, but they are uh, a group uh, they're Nox newly adjacent. created for this game. Yeah, yeah, they're Nox adjacent. They have the, the healing huh. powers of the Nox and all of that stuff. Um, so uh, to just kind of feed into that, we do have a... a, a Knox group okay. of of people that that uh, are in this uh, uh, Stargate universe. So they're the uh, clerics for this game who can heal people. Yeah, cool. but they're pacifists. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I I, I so. thought it was interesting the explanation they were going to have in this game of why there's no furlings and where the gold came from. Again, that game never happened, so it's not canon. It's just one of those. Hmm. So there's the episode also like we don't see much of furlings at all in uh-huh. SG one. Um and quite frankly, when we see the furlings in the episode two hundred, uh I don't think that those are the actual furlings. That's just of something weird. Not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, those are you know, so I reject that reality uh wholeheartedly. I, I don't um, think it was however, ever supposed to be serious. Well, that's good, because I have had some people who try to claim it is. <laughs> and I'm like, no! No, no, no. But in any case, um, in the episode uh, Paradise Lost, right, right. when uh, uh, Mayborn and O'Neill get stuck on this uh, moon, uh, the Furlings are involved in there, and yeah. they're trying to create a utopia, uh, and then a Gua'uld sneaks in there. Uh, if the Furlings did actually... Uh, participate in the origin of the Gua'uld in some fashion, uh, it would actually make sense yeah. that they would try to create some sort of uh, utopia of, uh, you know, right. a, a kind of a starting over uh, of the situation. Yeah, I could almost so see it as a, we're going to create this species that they will blend with their hosts, give them prolonged health and perfect life or prolonged life and perfect health and give them all sorts of oh dear they're going to completely take over and they're mega megalomaniacal that word i have trouble saying mm-hmm. megamaniacal that one thank you so much you're welcome anyway back to the story yes uh, approximately 5 to 10 million years ago a plague nearly wiped out the ancients Ugh. that's not good it originated at a construction site for their new capital known as visuban This deadly disease would spread through much of the galaxy. They attempted to travel back in time to stop the plague from spreading, but their efforts were unsuccessful. And we all know that episode. 
where they reference yes. that. Unable to cure it, the surviving ancients left Earth in a huge space-borne city ship, which they named Atlantis. And of course, they left for the Pegasus Galaxy. There was later speculation that this disease was similar to what the Ori unleashed on Earth in a later SG-1 episode, uh, The Fourth Horseman. So maybe an Ori found their way and said, Hey, they're over there! Kill them! Who knows? It's possible. It is absolutely possible. So the ancients arriving in the Pegasus Galaxy, they settled on a planet they named Lantia after the ship that took them there. Uh, Finding Pegasus devoid of sentient life, they seeded the Pegasus Galaxy with baseline humans like they kind of did on Earth. They, you know, made humans, whatever, genetic, whatever. Uh, Or Mm -hmm. maybe kick-started a new human evolution as they did throughout our galaxy. Anyway... They would become known as the Lantians and eventually the ancestors to the humans they seeded there, which explains why there's so many humans in the Pegasus galaxy. However, one of the planets they seeded held a creature called the Erratus Bug, which began feeding on the new life there. Eventually, the Erratus Bugs began to mutate, taking on advantageous human characteristics. This resulted in the hybrid species now known as the Wraith. And for over... Yeah. I was just thinking here, um, personally, on a personal note, I really like what they did in the storyline here with the developing the erratus bug and, and how it mutated and, and hybridized right. humans into the wraith. I just find that a fascinating story. I appreciate that. I thought it, it was good. It good is. Stuff. It, it's a take on the gold, if you think about it, the bugs taking over, taking on, sort of maybe kind of, I don't know, that thought just came to me. But yes, it was an interesting way to build a a new race of, we're going to seed humans throughout the galaxy. Oh, look, there's bugs. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That are very similar, but also very different to humans. Yeah, absolutely. And anyway, the Atlanteans and the Wraith went to war for over a century. And at first, the Atlanteans had the advantage of their... uh, at first, the Lantians had the advantage of technological superiority and were close to defeating the Wraith. But, you know, they're careless well, at times know. because they think they're all that. And their carelessness allowed the Wraith to capture a zero-point modules, uh, which they then used to power a new cloning facility, allowing their numbers to grow exponentially. The, La- hmm. the Lantians' near-indestructible ships allowed them to win almost every battle they fought, but the Wraith just kept coming. The tables were turned against the Lantians, who began to lose both warships and territory. The Lantians were losing the war, and they knew it. So they sank their capital city, Atlantis, into the ocean of the planet Lantia, and the few remaining Lantians returned to Earth via a stargate, hoping to one day return leaving the Pegasus galaxy at the mercy of the Wraith until the time that the Tauri came to the Milky Way galaxy 10,000 years later. However, Mm. on their return to Earth, the few remaining ancients found the second evolution of the humans that they had started in their hunter-gatherer stage of evolution. And the ancients were really kind of unable to restart their empire. So many ancients bred with the native humans to set a path for the future and create future civilizations while others went on and ascended. Something they learned. And this was all before the Goa'uld even discovered Earth. 
So with their genetic makeup of the ancients was a particular gene in some humans, the so-called ancient technology activation gene used to activate and interact with some of the more sensitive technology like control chairs and puddle jumpers, as we'll find out. It's still unknown if the gene was naturally occurring within the ancient's physiology or result of genetic manipulation, because they like to do that, but it was passed on to the ancient humans that they interbred with. And even after their race had vanished from the galaxy, their knowledge lived on as the Asgard would study pieces of their technology for centuries or thousands of years. As stated by Thor, we have studied the ancient's repository of knowledge for as long as I can remember, and we barely scratched the surface. Which tells you that that ancient repository of knowledge is huge. Right. Now, huge! Absolutely. Now, this is, again, by no means a uh, complete history of the ancients. It's kind of like the high-level view. Um, took it from a lot of different sources, made it some of my own stuff, made it all fit together. But the idea is, again... They were in their galaxy, they had a war, they left. They came to this galaxy, made friends, got sick, left. They went to the Pegasus galaxy, reestablished everything, went to war, left, came back to the Milky Way galaxy, couldn't continue, ascended and or filtered out through the rest of the humans. The end. That's what happened so, to the ancients. Here's my question for you, David. Yes? Um... Speculation. Sure. How much of this did they actually know when they were producing the very beginnings of Stargate Atlantis? Um, well, the ancients had obviously been introduced, both yes. as living people and ascended people. The Ori weren't a concept yet. The Asgard were, obviously, as were the four races. We knew that there were ancient outposts way back in, uh, what was it, season two, where we encountered the first ancient, the repository of knowledge? Was that season one? Well, we'll, we'll get to that. Season I two, I season think. Season two, that's what I, I thought. Think it's two. But how much of that story was known at the time of Atlantis? They probably had it outlined in their show Bible, but I don't think in any great detail they would have had to have the wraith established. Because, you know, we yeah. beat the Wraith in the pilot episode. So, I suspect that they had... I suspect that they had um, uh, some of the the war elements between uh, the Atlanteans and the Wraith at that point in time. And, and how that war... I mean, some of it, they needed that yeah. to some degree uh, to build that. Uh, I suspect they did not know about the Erratus bug until midway through the first season or so, or whenever it is. Yeah. I think it's the first season when, when Shepard gets bitten by that thing. Um, yeah, and I, even then, it was just a, a theoretical... You know, there are some similarities between this bug and the Wraith, and it wasn't until a season or two later that they found out that it was... Right. That they were actually connected. I would kind of wonder if they had established at that point if it was, did the ancients come from the Pegasus galaxy or did they go to the Pegasus galaxy? Because at mm. the time, all we had yeah. was they were in the Pegasus galaxy. Yeah. Now, they it was a spaceship city, so I'd have to go back and watch Atlantis again, again, to establish that they knew how <laughs> it got there. 
but it was obviously not just a city. It was a vehicle. It was a ship of some port. So I don't know how much of it was in there. We'd have to go get one of the creators in an interview. Hey, there's an idea. And ask them how much of it they had thought out. Hey, we can do it. Um, Yeah. It's, it's an interesting speculation. I, I like to think that they had kind of the big picture planned out. Obviously things change and they get new ideas as they go through. But I, they, it was obviously, well, they were ancients. They were in the Pegasus galaxy and they left, but they left behind stuff. And how do we know it was there? Because we found the notes. So, but as for specifics cool. in show Bible, I don't know. That'd be cool if we could ever get a get a hold of that. But yeah. why don't we take this opportunity, go back and look at some of those episodes that may have laid those crumbs for Atlantis, whether they were deliberate or not. Sure. So um, let's start about uh, those episodes to talk about the ancients and the people who are ascended. Uh, so here we're talking about Torment of Tantalus, uh, the Fifth Race, Maternal Instinct, Ascension, and so on. Uh, so with the Fifth Race, uh, this is the episode where Jack gets, we first meet the ancient repository of knowledge, and it gets downloaded into Jack's brain. Um, I, and, and that story is just really basically about getting it out of his brain. And he goes and visits the, the Asgard, and they, they help him out. Right, um, but as we learn later on, Jack has the ATA gene, which means he's descended from the ancients. So yes. would that repository of knowledge have activated for anyone or just Jack? So that's a good question, and it's never answered. No, when because... When we run into the ancient repository of knowledge the second time in Lost City, isn't it? It's Lost City, right? Yes. Yep. Um... The assumption from the team is that anybody except for Teal'c could do that. Yeah. So that, uh, uh, and as far as I am aware, neither uh, Carter nor Jackson have the ATA gene. No, I think they all sat in the control chair and nothing happened. Right. Um, So uh, that would, you know, and of course we never find out. No. because Jackson certainly tries. He goes in there and tries, and then, then uh, uh, O'Neill pulls him away and says, nope, I need to do this because you're the only one that can you know, translate for me right. once I go crazy. Um, so that would be interesting. Yeah, it's one of those unexplored things of would it have worked for anybody or... You know, it's implied that the ancient repository would have worked for anybody. It's just Jack who happened to stick his face in it. Here, here is my headcanon for that. I suspect that it would have worked for any of them, so that Jackson or Carter or whomever else could have stuck their face in that machine and then zapped them and all of that stuff. However, uh, I think like one of the things that is mentioned in the Fifth Race is uh, the Asgard were super duper surprised uh, because they didn't even think that um, humans had evolved enough. Right. To, to even allow O'Neill to get help, mm-hmm. and I suspect that, uh, and here's my head canon, is that the ATA gene is at least in part what is necessary to um, ensure that you don't go crazy as fast. That sounds quite reasonable. I would com- 
I would agree with you on that one, that if Daniel had stuck his head in there, he just would have gone, Bleh, died. You know, it would have been something about uh, um, just, you know, that ATA gene kind of becomes a... A, uh, a buffer. A yes, Chevron encoding, an ancient encoding bias buffer. Ooh, yeah. Uh, maybe not even a bias buffer. Just Maybe just a buffer. buffer. Yeah. I think yeah. that's entirely possible. So, yeah, well, we got the Tormented Tantalus, Fifth Race, Maternal Instinct. They never called out ancients by name then, other than right. obliquely referring to them. But, yeah, it definitely is all there. Um, after that, the next thing we get is the Ancient Plague in Window of Opportunity. Now, again, it's I don't think it's explicitly called out other than there was a plague and it was killing everyone, and this guy wanted to stop it, but he was using ancient tech that had so previously been used for that. I may have misstated that. If I recall correctly, um, that it was the ancients who were sick, um, although it's hard to tell whether or not they were referring to a galactic-wide plague or just like a, a planet-wide plague. Right. Uh, that is is left, as far as I can recall from Window of Opportunity, up in the air. Uh, certainly later places uh, uh, imply that this plague is uh, galaxy-wide. Right. Um, but it's harder to say um, whether or not uh, in Window of Opportunity, uh, I can't recall. Right. It wasn't said explicitly then, but it was you know later retconned to say that. And... Uh, right. There was a book, a book I have not read, called SG-1 Transitions that dealt into the origins of the plague, hinting that it may have been the Ori oh. who did it. Now, well, none of that... Yeah. Uh, none of that really sets up Atlantis directly, but it does flesh out um, some background, mainly about the ancients and what happened to them and where they're going. I would say that the proper buildup for Atlantis, though, starts in Season 6. Or does it? Oh, well, uh, that's a good question. So, um, now, in, in Season 6, we have Sight Unseen. Um, most of these are episodes that, that kind of uh, delve into Jonas Jonas's life. Right. Um, and he is able to turn on that ancient device yeah. that causes the, the bugs to be seen, and then that he can touch other people, and then they also start seeing the bugs... Um, did he just happen to, did he just happen to like hit the thing button? Was Jonas, did he have the ATA gene and that's what allowed him to turn on that ancient device? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. it is established as an ancient device. Right. Because um, everyone else touched it and nothing happened. Or I don't know if Jack touched it or not, but you know, uh, they all carried it in. It wasn't until Jonas goes, Hey, look at this thing and boop, and it's on. And yeah. a lot of ancient technology just works off of, you know, a, a touch. So I don't know. Maybe. it They they didn't say it wasn't true. You know, and a lot of technology just requires the ATA to um, initialize it. Right. And then it doesn't matter who has it. Right. Um, yeah. It, none of that is... None of that is talked about in the episode. Right. But it's interesting to, to speculate. Right. Um, but in Metamorphosis, we do learn that Jonas is advanced. Mm -hmm. Now, was this an ATA gene? This was um, 
Nerti who said that is saying, oh, you're years of on this planet, whatever. But maybe it was just Jonas that was advanced. You know, his people are co connected to the humans, like every, all the other humans, or the Tauria, like every other human from across the galaxy. So it would be reasonable to suspect that the ancients who blended in with the humans and passed on their ATA gene would have been some of those who were captured and enslaved by the gold and continue to pass on the ATA gene in other planets. Yeah. Again, not explicitly stated, but we got two things that indicate Jonas might be advanced with the ancient device and uh, Narity saying, ooh, you're special. Who knows? Yeah. And all of that could have just been... Um, convenient storytelling. Convenient storytelling. Um, or it could actually imply something else about Jonas and the ATA and such. Right. Now, also in season six, we get the episode Disclosure. And this one does not introduce or, or does not do anything to uh, further the ancient story specifically. But it does open up uh, all of the things that sort of begin to develop so that Atlantis can happen. So in this, this is the episode where the U.S. government tells the British, the French, the Chinese, and, of course, the Russians already know uh, that the Stargate program actually exists. And all of this then will eventually um, roll down the hill and become the IOA, the... International Oversight... Whatever A stands for, because I can never... The acronym just doesn't really make sense to me. But yeah, it's International it, it, Oversight it, yeah. Association or something like that. Um, agency, who knows? Yeah, agency. Um, uh, and of course, also when Atlantis... Uh, when the human... When the Earth-based human uh, group goes through the gate to Atlantis... Uh, you have Dr. Weir leading it, and she's leading an international team. Exactly. Uh, some people from all over the the planet. Uh, people from Canada and uh, Eastern Europe and Western Europe and Russia and maybe Russians. Uh, you know, uh, obviously the United States. Uh, most of the military people are uh, U.S. military, which is interesting. But uh, the 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 leader obviously is a civilian in Doctor Weir, right? And the science staff is pulled from uh, all people over the across place. the exactly the, the globe, and all of that is um, That's rooted, all... I think, ultimately in this episode. Because yeah. if it weren't for this disclosure, that wouldn't happen. If it weren't for that clip show, yep, the clip shows are important. Folks. Yes, and you we got another clip show them. coming up. Okay, oh, so yes. after that, we go on to Full Circle, where the Ascended Daniel finds the Abydos tablet that talks about the Lost City. And this is the first actual reference to what would become Atlantis' Lost City. Daniel found and read the tablet, found out that the ancients had left behind a great city called the Lost City, which had powerful weaponry, which, if Anubis were to find it, would mean Anubis' total supremacy in the galaxy, with very little hope of overcoming it. Oh, no. Oh, no. But, yeah, it's just the... This is, I think, the first real setup. The official setup for Atlantis. Obviously, they didn't know what it was going to be at that time. It could have been a movie at the end of Season 7. It could have been a new show. But it, it sets up the quest 
for season seven right. of we need to find the lost city whatever that's going to turn into and this is also that lost city and i think at this point in time they already had the idea that it would be atlantis right um right so whatever was coming next whether that was a new series or a movie or what uh this was all moving towards atlantis being a major part of that oh of course anybody who watching the show knows that lost city equals atlantis just because we live in our world and know that atlantis is the lost city and so they're going to delve into atlantean mythos on the show cool yep atlantis is part yeah. of the stargate universe nice awesome however you're going to do it it's an interesting path to take now yeah. that's just all through season six of the little groundwork and then brings us back into season seven with full circle tell us about full circle which we watched recently um, yeah so full not full circle oh well, no, you're full right circle is the last step ah uh, you're right you're fallen. right you're talking about fallen. yeah fallen yeah so tell uh, us about so fallen in fallen uh uh jonas translates the tablet that they found in the episode full circle right uh, and then that leads them to Visuban. And as far as we can tell, um, no, it, it seems to suggest that somebody, um, like an ancient, poked on uh, Jonas's shoulder to say, hey, think of it this way, and then you'll be able to find Daniel. Yeah. Um, Homodasala uh, being non-interfering, interfering. Right. And so he's like, oh, okay, so this, you know, lost city is the city of the lost, and which city would be lost? Last city. So, of course, naturally. Right. So they go and they find Visuban, um, which is the last colony of the ancients in the Milky Way galaxy. Um, and, of course, they go there thinking that, ah, we're going to find the lost city on Visuban. Uh, unfortunately, all they find is a bunch of ruins and uh, Daniel. <laughs> yeah now that I... was all through season six and um fallen was the first episode of season seven and then daniel explains that the ancients hid the city and made it lost they didn't lose it but they hid it so it's lost to others possibly through camouflage or maybe nox magic or something like that uh right. but and he... of course this all fits into the 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 atlantis mythos even um for you know just ordinary mythos right with that, the, the city the atlantis being uh although depending on who and where you go atlantis may have been lost or been made lost right um uh but now we are learning that at least in our mythos atlantis is a place that was made lost by the ancients right and well if you think about it uh they sunk atlantis you know, on Lantia, came back to Earth, and they may have spread their stories about our city of Atlantis sank, and then that just enters the general world of mythology of, oh yes, there was this ancient city that sank. Yeah, it was on another yeah. planet. Well, you know, yeah. when you're talking about hunter and gatherers, you know, the idea of living on another planet is a little higher right. thought process so it was just than, another than where they're at. City. Yeah. This, I think, originally was just intended to be a future SG-1 story. If you read the production history that it was, again, it, they want to set up a quest for Season 7. It's, 
let's go find a lost city because it'll give us what we need to defeat Anubis. But we have to get there before Anubis gets to it because if he gets to it first, then he will have what he needs to defeat us. So it's the big quest storyline to find the lost yep. city of Atlantis. At the time, we didn't know it was a spaceship. We didn't know it was on another planet. It was just another thing hidden on Earth, like the other Stargate. That we didn't know there was another mm -hmm. Stargate. Or Egyptian ruins, or the Fountain of Youth. It was just things that were lost on Earth. So, I think around here, probably, is where they started to get the idea of, huh, Atlantis. You know, this might be a cool show instead of a movie. I don't know. Let's think about it. So they started writing a little bit more into the series, obviously. So was mm -hmm. it written, written, was it written with a spinoff in mind? Eh, I don't know. But if we take a look at everything that's happened so far, it, it really looks like they've had this idea for a long time. But at that's, the very least, yeah. to me, it's like I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, right? Th these were these were things that they were planning on developing and moving forward in Stargate SG One. And then as they started talking about and exploring, well, maybe we could do a spinoff show. Maybe we could do... So what would that be? And and obviously these are the, the hooks that they had already planted in that. And so, so like, this would be a perfect hook. Yeah. And so they start pulling these hooks and gathering them together to facilitate this transition from future plot lines of SG-1 to a new series. Right. So in season seven, we start to get the real buildup. Uh, we have in um, Homecoming, Anubis mind probes Jonas and finds out about the real tablet and the existence of the lost city, which sets up the mm -hmm. bad guy's quest for the same thing. In the episode Fragile Balance, we find out that Jack was marked by the Asgard because of a unique genetic makeup. They said, nope, he's not clonable because he's special. And again, we've already established that we know, we've already retroactively established that Jack has the ATA gene. So, is this unique genetic makeup, again, part of him having the ATA gene? Or is it just the special Jack O'Neill with two L's makeup that they don't want him cloned? <laughs> could be um and i think it is fair for us now to look back and say um you know this has to do with the ata gene and being you know special in that regard and uh although it may be you know and of course we know that o'neill basically leaves the show at the end of season eight um but what would have happened if um o'neill hadn't left a, we wouldn't have gotten the story of the Orite, probably. Um, although, maybe. I think knows? we still would have. Um, but uh, it may have been that O'Neill's specialty is more than the ATA gene. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we never explore that. We never find out what that may or may not have been. Um, what we have now just assumes that the thing that makes him special uh, and marked by the, the Asgard was because of the ATA gene. Um, yeah, it, but it fits But we also narrative. don't hear them marking anybody else. Right. Um, so who knows? Yeah, they did something to him, 
to make him unclonable for reasons of him having a special genetic makeup. ATA or not, they did something to him. But it Correct. fits into yeah. the narrative that they saw Jack as a valuable person and he had the ATA gene and they didn't want anybody to clone him to use it against them or use it against yep. the humans. So it works out. Now, evolution yeah. one and two. Um, this is where we see Anubis rebuilding his forces with the Cull warriors. And Indeed. it's all, also where we introduce um, the drones that he will be using to explore the galaxy while he's rebuilding his forces. Because he knows there's a lost city to look for. His forces are spread a little bit thin, so let's rely on Star Wars Imperial drones to go out and do probes to see what we can find. And these will be used I to explore... I don't recall that in this episode. Help me out with that. Uh, it's in um, Evolution Part 2. It's hinting at they're developing drones to explore. That's about all I can say about Excuse me. <laughs> okay. Choked on my own breathing there. Um, well, yeah, they introduce. <laughs> at this point, have you watched Evolution Part Two? Are you going to be watching that tonight? I, I watched it earlier today. Okay. I had... um, and I'm. It was a brief so reference. Help me out. Oh, you got to make me go look it up. Um, I, I am. I'm going to make you look it up because I don't recall this reference. Okay. Anubis, uh, and I'm going to edit all this out. Drones. Sure. Um, drones, Stargate, the Anubis drones in the Stargate Omnipedia. There we go. Oh, it's not telling me anything. Yeah, there's, when I was reading all this or writing all of it was kind of the idea, okay, are the Cole Warriors the drones or is there an actual technology drone? But there is an actual device, the Gold Reconnaissance Drone, that Anubis created to do some of exploring. And it's set up here. I don't know that you explicitly see them. It's going to take me more time than I want to invest in it right now to actually bring up the reference. But I'm looking at a screenshot right now. Okay. Of something right. that looks remarkable like an Imperial drone from Star Wars. It's a big round thing with legs. But these will show up in other episodes let's see um we won't encounter them until an upcoming episode um i think it's specifically in heroes part one is the first time we see them but they will be used they're a tool that anubis is using to explore the galaxy to find the lost city before stargate command finds it okay I'll, I'll believe you. Okay. Um, you know, I'm I'm a little bit fuzzy on my second half of um, season seven. So yeah, and it's, it's I'll I'll believe you. It's been a few weeks since I've watched uh, Evolution Part Two, but I was. Hang on, there's my dogs yelling. Anyway, it's been a few weeks since I've uh, watched Evolution Part Two, and I was kind of waffling on where the drones the call or was the drones tech. Oh, there's the tech. Yeah, they were a thing. But they'll be okay. for, they'll be more. Exp explored in future episodes as they're cool. again their exploration tool for to find the ancient worlds and in the episode death knell is where we we do actually see the first probe or at least hear about it the first probe drone attack now i don't have the plot of death knell in front of me other than a note of hey there's one of the probes 
Yeah. Now, if we want that's to take... the episode when they they work on building the the gun blaster weapon thing that's supposed to actually take out the Cull Warriors. Is that correct? right? Right. Right. Yeah. This they're they're building yep. the, the the weapons to use against them. Yep. Now, in a, a parallel story in Chimera, we have Osiris, who all, we know is already working for Anubis, messing with Daniel in his dreams, thinking he knows the location of the lost city. This is not about coal or drones, but it's a further, maybe Daniel knows where it is, and it's buried in his subconscious. Maybe, yeah. I don't know, but it ties into the whole storyline. Well, it certainly, um, I mean, by this point in time, because now now we're in the second half of season seven. Oh, yeah. And now um, the production staff and the production um, group behind SG-1 has officially announced that Atlantis is coming. And so now they are being very explicit about planting some seeds right. within this. Um, and this, this whole idea of Anubis and uh, the humans seeking out this lost city and racing towards it, trying to find it, um, becomes a big deal right. in the second half of the season. It's now, we we need to find it. It's, we need to find it before they do. Exactly. Because they're getting exactly. more information. Now, and that leads us to heroes. Right. Now, we don't need to spoil the the real importance part of heroes because we all know that. We don't need to get all depressed talking about that story. No. Uh, uh, but Your notes here do help us understand, uh, remind us that the IOA is the International Oversight Advisory. Advisory. Yes, I knew what the A stood for at some point, and I wrote it down there. Yep. So in heroes, um, Anubis is... We think most likely using Jonas's knowledge of Stargate locations to help search by hitting former ancient strongholds. We get another yep. probe attack or probe drone drone attack. Uh, the documentary that's being produced as the core story of this show is is as a setup for introducing Star the Stargate program to the world. Maybe in the future, Stargate Redacted show. I don't know. Um, Ooh, there you go. Yeah, there we go. They'll use. They'll open up with that footage, maybe. <laughs> but wow. it's a setup for we got to tell everyone. So they, it, this idea is floated around in other sci-fi shows. Uh, we're gonna have someone film something so that we can use it later, uh, just in case we need to say no. We've been, we haven't been hiding. We planned on telling everyone eventually. But yeah, it's this idea of producing a show to tell the world about it. Uh, we also get introduced to uh, Richard Woolsey, a future member of the IOA and a future commander of Atlantis and the yeah. Doctor from Stargate Voyager. Stargate Voyager. Star Trek Voyager. So this is a really... I, I've always found the Woolsey character to be fascinating. Yeah, um, I agree. He's introduced in this episode and you don't quite know what to make of him. Um, you know, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Um, at this point in time, he is good, bad, uh, adjacent. He, he's neither good nor bad. He's just kind of there. The way uh, I see him. he's an interesting character. The way I see him is he's kind of like one of those horrible bureaucrat guys you want on your side. That he knows the yeah. paperwork. He knows the forms you got to fill out. He knows the chain of command. He knows what to do. You may not like him, but you're glad he's on your side. Sure. And you're right. He's kind um, of 
a, a neutral at this point. You don't like him, but he will definitely become a uh, a more positive role in the future. Yeah, and I actually, uh, I, I think that, uh, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking. Uh, Robert Picardo. Right. Is it, uh, he does an excellent job with that role. Oh yeah, and uh, and I and I love the development of that character over uh, SG One in particular. Yeah, and when he's brought into Atlantis to actually lead the expedition, the, when they get to it, it's like, oh yeah, he makes an an excellent choice for coming in and running the thing. Yeah. And then, and then yes, we get to inauguration. Another clip show. Another clip show. Uh, and this is the one, of course, when we meet the new president, and at first we think it might actually be Kinsey, and we're all thankful that it's not Kinsey. Yeah. Um, I, very much so. I love this episode, mainly for the, Mr. President, we need to talk. What? Uh, there's this huge secret program. You're kidding me. No, sir. sir nope. I'm serious. Nope. Yeah. We're already on other planets? Yep. I just love the way they do that. It is. It's great. Although, um, and although, then, of course, this just really sets the stage. Uh, you know, it, it basically, it's it's like the bow and the arrow. Right. And they just draw that bow back, and the arrow for all of the excitement of Lost City Parts 1 and 2 yeah. is just right there, ready to be just launched into the air. Right. They explain everything that we're talking about here. Well, maybe not everything. We say, okay, ready? Let's go. Lost City. And we get another Anubis probe drone, uh, SG-2 and SG-3, encounter them on P3X-439. Uh, we find another ancient repository of knowledge, and of course, Jack st sticks his head in that one again. Uh, ancient Jack leads them to Proclarush Taunus. Pronunciation? I had a translation. Taunus. Taunus. Proclarush Taunus. Taunus. Right, where they found another ancient outpost and a ZPM, or for our Canadian friends, a ZPM. Is that the lost city? No. Nope. Just another nope. city that was lost, this one in fire. And where does oh. that discovery take us to? Back to Antarctica. Where we found the other Stargate. Hmm, oh. makes sense. So the lost city is in Antarctica. Nope. Which actually makes a lot of sense. And when the episode ends, you kind of think that maybe it is. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But they kind of go, well, we found what might be part of it. Not sure. You know, It's where we found the gate. We found all this cool tech that does awesome stuff and shoots down bad guys. But is it the last city or what is it? But we know... Jack, having the ATA gene, is able to control stuff there. And the outcome of that battle is determined explicitly by Jack having the ATA gene. Mm -hmm. um, this is also the episode we where we are first introduced, kind of, right. to uh, uh, Colonel Mitchell uh -huh. uh, looking ahead, uh, where he was... It's not true. He wasn't actually introduced in this spot, but right. they used this to introduce his character. To say, yeah, he was part of that. Yeah. 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 And it's also Which actually where we, makes a lot of sense. Right. And it's also where we meet Dr. Weir, even if she's played by a different actress, is where we meet Dr. Weir, who is taking over Stargate Command. Or rather, who will take over Stargate Command beginning of next season. Yep. But this well, no, is... Even even at this time, she actually right. takes it over. Yeah. Uh, during Lost City, 
Um, sure, because sure, sure. Um, uh, Hammond is relieved right. of duty there, and then he becomes uh, home galaxy, you know, secretary for the home galaxy, home world security. Uh, I thought it was home, home world security. Right. That, that is. Yep. Yep. Home world security. Right. Um, and it, we put a and, civilian in charge yeah. of Stargate Command. Yeah. And uh, we save the day from uh, Anubis. Hooray. And hooray! Mostly kill him. Yeah. Ish. Well, we get the big old ending. Yeah. But we know. Uh, and that leads really us gone. then to the beginning of season eight and the introduction of Atlantis, the new series. Right. We've got New Order, where Dr. Weir is saying, uh, you know what, you're not going to lead Stargate Command. We want you on this team. Uh, Jack's taking over Stargate Command. So we got that. So it's the first two episodes of uh, SG-1, I think it's two episodes, are just part of the beginning of Stargate Atlantis because it's setting up the program. It's, you know, yep. we're, we're recovering after the fight. We're gathering our forces together, saying we've got an idea, we've got a plan. We think we found the, the city. And then it carries over to Stargate Atlantis Rising, which is half a quarter of a Stargate episode or an SG-1 episode, where Daniel goes, oh, no, there it is. Discovers the records of what really happened to the ancients in Antarctica and that they had left. And this is when it's revealed that this outpost is not, um, not actually the lost city. No, it's just another outpost. Yep. But it does say, hey, here's how to get there. Here's the Stargate mm -hmm. address of on how to get to Atlantis. And it gives us another eight-symbol address because the destination's in another galaxy, just like when they dialed the gate to the Ida galaxy Ida. of the Ancients. Yep. Not the Ancients, the Asgard. They needed that eighth symbol. Now, of course, none of the symbol nonsense makes sense, but we'll accept that. Uh, we need one more symbol to get there. The ZPM powers the gate for the 8th Chevron, and whoosh! We're off to Atlantis. And that is our story. We could talk all about what happens in Rising and all that stuff, but that's yeah. that's for another time. No, it's just, how do we get to Atlantis? Now, again, yep. as you're hearing us, Zach and I are making up stuff right now as we go through this, but it's a lot of going back and looking at things that have happened uh, things that will happen in future episodes to kind of fill in the blanks. But what I like about this is if you t step back and take that 10,000 light year view of everything that has happened, it all makes sense. Even if they it weren't does. planning on it making sense. And this here again, this is another one of the things that I appreciate a lot about Stargate. Um, because the uh, the history... Uh, even when they didn't plan on history and they put things together, um, it, you know, makes more sense than it doesn't. Yeah. It fits together and it tells a cohesive narrative. And the, the sad fact of the matter is that uh, Star Trek does not do that. Um, and not I love well. Star Trek and Star Trek, not as well. They, they try to retcon a lot of things and sometimes they succeed and sometimes they fail miserably. Right. And when they bring um, in a new show, it kind of goes, wait, what? Oh, fine. Whatever. Exactly. But in this, when they bring in Atlantis, they say, see, it all makes sense. We're not contradicting ourselves too much yeah. or at all. 
Well, so far, I mean, in what we explained here, it all fits together. Yeah. So. Now, I'm not sure how much of that's going to hold true for universe because I haven't taken that big 10,000 light year view of universe yet. Universe is, well, it fits within the Stargate storyline. I really got to go back and see how that fits into there because, again, that's a completely different story on there. But I'm looking forward to seeing how some of the groundwork here might lead its way to universe like it did to Atlantis. Yeah. Well, one of the nice things that that we can safely say at this point in time is that the people who were in charge of universe are the same people who were putting this together. And it's fairly clear that as you look at this, that finding um, something that consist was consistent within the arc of things was important to them. Yes. So it is safe to assume at this point in time, as we look at uh, look to the future of universe, that a goodly large chunk of that will actually uh, fit in, even if it just kind of creates some uh, bumps in. Right. There's uh, no glaring contradictions, tangents. unlike a exactly. certain animated show. Uh, yes. Yeah. So we recorded a couple of episodes of that oh, last good. week. Good. Um, and we'll release those to the public um, later. Um, we're trying to get us, uh, ourselves a little bit ahead yeah. um, as we go through this. So uh, I think that's about all we have for today, yeah. no, isn't it? Right, Daniel? I uh, think so as Daniel? well. Why am da I calling Daniel, you Daniel? You can call me whatever you like. <laughs> I'll call you David. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you, Brent. <laughs> yeah. You're most welcome. <laughs> Yep, okay, so that is our story of the road to Atlantis. Let us know how we did. Did we miss anything? Did we get anything wrong? Anything you'd like to add to that story? Fill us in when you hear this, whether you hear it on Patreon or at some point in the future when it gets released in the wild. Always like to know your opinion for good or for ill. Just remember, we're just a couple of guys making up stuff about a TV show we like. And uh, Absolutely. We can be wrong, we can be right, but at least we entertain ourselves. I can say with certainty that I entertain myself, and hopefully yep. this whole process is also entertaining to you. It was. Um, so, yeah. Thank okay. you again, Patreon supporters, for that. Uh, with that, I'll say I'm Zach. And I'm David. And this has been The Other Side of the Gate and Walking Through the Stargate Podcast. See you next time. Bye. We have got the best jobs in the world, don't we? I'm going to hit the shower. I'm going to find a doctor. We are indeed suitably employed. Yeah, it was a good day.